0: Hello and welcome from Marco Germinario and Alessandro Max at our podcast Supernova, a podcast about things we don't know. So Alessandro, a few days ago I was speaking with my friend uh, Polina from Moscow and she's a psychologist and among other things she works with dependent behavior and codependency. So I was wondering, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind about codependency is a sort of uh, unhealthy relationship between two persons that depend from each
1: other. But basically, I can't explain it more deeply. Can you? When you uh, told me that Polina was our next guest, I was really looking forward for this because it's a very interesting topic. And I think it's interesting to think about that we, we are all individuals, but then uh, we end up usually in relationships. So we end up uh, in a situation where we are really dependent on another person really, really closely. So I'm really looking forward for this episode today. Me too.
0: So that's why we're very pleasure. Uh, we have the pleasure of hosting a supernova Polina Yadleva. She's a psychologist, supervised and trained in Moscow Gestat Institute, and a private practitioner working with patients for sixteen years. Hello, Polina. Hello. So basically, we would like to ask you what is uh, codependency?
2: Uh, codependent behaviors associated with relationship with addicts. So uh, usually, to being close with a person with alcoholism. So that's how this term came to mind first, and so. It was about people who suffered in a relationship with alcoholics or other addicts, and we can see their symptoms, how they were affected by this relationship, what happened with them. And now we have a a broader meaning. It's more like this tendency to be focused on someone else instead of yourself very low self-esteem and uh, controlling issues. When you try to derive this sense of meaning from uh, the relationship, from the other person, you practically revolve around this other person and uh, it can be very painful, and uh, you can be constantly irritated and anxious about what he or she is doing. Is he or she okay? How will you help him or her? Something like this.
0: I was wondering uh, why this happened. I mean, why the person feel the urge uh, or feel this uh, unbelievable, uh, you know, power that attracts toward this relationship. Although this person knows that it's not good, this relationship. So why this person stays into that? What, what it drives?
2: It's a very interesting question. And the answer is always an individual story in uh, very individual circumstances of uh, childhood environment for this person. But in general, uh, we are talking about replaying something that already happened to them. So this behavior, this uh, constant anxiety, this constant need to find an approval in others, this constant need to help and to save, it's already happened in a way. And uh, usually it all revolves about unprocessed loss of something. So there are feelings that comes from a period of time from their early childhood when weren't really able to process them and uh, there were no one was around to help you to process them so what person experience in in a codependent style of relationship when you're constantly afraid to lose love and also you've already lost it so the thing that drives you is this unprocessed grief So something you're unable to fully comprehend or identify, but you feel like you're just replaying it again and again. So you're very afraid to lose something that you lost already.
0: And then you put yourself again in this situation because the situation you know. So if you already lost something, why you want to put yourself again in the same situation and not going toward the other direction?
2: Uh, yeah people are not stupid so usually we want to say we want to offer them an advice like you have to break up with this partner you have to think more about yourself stop control their others behavior something like that but Uh, the first step to help yourself really in this situation is stop blaming yourself for what you're doing because it, it is stronger than you. It is stronger. We are talking about trauma that happened when there were no me, And there were no other. There were just like this dyad, me and my mother as we. So it happened. I felt maybe uncomfortable. The the attachment was uncomfortable for me. Or It was unsatisfied or it was more like being abandoned emotionally or really abandoned physically. So it could be different things, really. Many, many kids are put in a situation where they have to be parents for their parents so and uh, this period of our development this period of time there is no I to process these things and when I'm deeply codependent when I say that if I lose this relationship, if I lose this contact with a person, I feel like I'm losing myself. It's, it feels like I'm falling apart. I'm breaking uh, into fragments. So and they're not lying. They are not trying to get our attention when they say that. They really feel that. That's a problem because their trauma comes from the time when they could fall apart, but they didn't because they adapted to it in a certain way. So, okay, they they made this uh, subconscious decision that now uh, they are going to be these people who save, but not these people who felt so vulnerable, so abandoned, so in need of being saved. So they practically they put these feelings, this extreme vulnerability into the other. They securely pack it into the other and they constantly uh, try to save the other, this part of themselves.
0: You're saying that they try to save the others because in depth they would like to save someone save themselves. Or it's more that uh, they are in need of, of a sort of relationship that they never had that they feel in this way they can't break apart. So if, if they, they break this thin relationship they have with someone, they are codependent, then it's, it's going to be very, very bad. Which is one of these two?
2: Just breaking up with someone is rarely an answer. Just breaking up. too. So you can break up if you're ready to break up. But the thing is, the goal is not to like go from one relationship to another the goal is to find this uh, to calm yourself down by yourself to have this good mother inside who is always there speaking figuratively because if i'm codependent i'm still in this type of relationship where i use other as a, as a substance in a way I need others. Like, I don't feel that I can be autonomic and love and experience love at the same time. So, and I can't really let the other person be autonomic and love me. So, I can't really combine these two things so that the other is free and can be loving and I can feel secure, but he is free. Yeah, he has his own, or she has her own needs and wants. And yeah.
1: Actually, I have a question because so far we have been mainly talking about the person who depends on the partner. But what about the partner? I mean, is this person also usually a person that depends on someone else or it's actually the opposite? I mean, there's a pattern between the partners in this way. So if I usually like to depend oh well, I don't think I like, but it's something that you have in your nature. So if you usually depend on your partner, what can you say about the partner?
2: I think maybe a good moment to bring this other term, this other side of the spectrum, counter dependency. Because very often we see uh, we see this pattern in in, in couples when someone is display this codependent behavior and the other look uh, very self sufficient and a bit distant and feels this need to uh, to run away all the time. So one is trying to get him or her to love him or her and uh, and the other. Uh, constantly running away. So reject the feelings and they are in this kind of pattern. They can live in this kind of pattern for a very long time.
1: Also related to, to this, if a person tends to have this dependency, it's also very important which kind of partner he or she finds, because I believe that's also can change how this person is into the relationship. So it's really something that there is the tendency to find always the person that brings you there. Or can you somehow get out of it, finding the right person?
2: Yeah, that's not an easy question, actually, because uh, how we find someone, how we love someone, we can't control it very much. Even after a long years of therapy, we still attract to who we are attracted to. So it's going to be a certain type. It's uh, it depends very early year, It's about what we perceived at very early age. And it can be changed really. It can be changed a lot. It can be changed a little. It means that our partner with a certain type, with a certain, uh, he can be better or worse in how he is, but, or she is, but it's going to be a certain type. But I'm not sure I, I explained that what the counter dependency is
0: yeah because um codependence uh, if i should summarize in a very very i mean superficial ways like uh Someone goes after a relationship and stick with that, even if it's not healthy, because they're very much afraid to be abandoned, because they they felt they have been abandoned as a children. And the counter dependence, I mean, the trauma maybe it was different, because these are people that were, you know, love attachment is associated with pain, maybe. So they are totally the opposite. So maybe you can explain us a little bit better.
2: I think you explained it very good (laughs) already, but yes, counter dependent behavior. It's about fear of intimacy, it's about this need to show some kind of facade. Being strong, being uh, self-sufficient, and also a refusal of an attachment. It means that uh, this decision the person had to make in his childhood was that he's not going to be this vulnerable again. It's pretty similar. It's it's actually the same mechanism, but maybe we can say that it's a bit worse for a person. It, it's a bit more difficult because here we need to be able to be dependent in a relationship. We need this for a healthy, for a mature relationship. We need to rely on other. We need to let the guard down. And a person with a codependent behavior, with a codependent tendency, it's very painful. It's it's about anxiety and control, but they go into it, they suffer, but they go into it. A person with a counter-dependent tendency, it's more difficult for them. It's like they let others be dependent on them. They let others feel how they felt. It's like their partner, they also put this uh, traumatized part of themselves into the partner. They project into the partner. And the partner, the one who tries to catch them, who suffers from, from being dependent on someone who is unpredictable and who shows uh, this, I don't know, this coldness, this emotional distance. So that's what they went through. They went through this painful feeling of loving someone who can love them back being revolved around someone who can really give something back and they decided that they're not gonna depend on anyone they're gonna be their own castle
0: very very interesting you see the very beautiful things like um you said we need each of us need to be able to be dependent on the other I think it's very deep and, and truly and true statement. And basically you said, you know, all of these people we see that you know they they look uh, as if they want to be strong in a relationship, and independent, uh, they don't get so close. They are hiding a, a very, very deep insecurity inside them and the uh, fear to be humiliated or uh, uh, abandoned, basically.
2: Exactly. Because
0: that's what they went through. And why you say they want to project this on the others? Why do you say you want to put the others in, same condition? because the consequences of their behavior?
2: It's a very early defense mechanism that their psyche had to develop. It's called projective identification. So it's not that you want to do this. You just subconsciously, you're not aware of the fact that you're doing it, but you make the other feel like you felt when uh, your parents did it to you. So it's the only way to you to deal with these feelings. They are too much. You can deal with them directly you can't process them directly so it's a very early uh defense mechanism and we can see them in adults we don't have to see it in adults but but we do
1: yeah i was just wondering now um, i would like to go into a bit a more social uh point of view so to to large a bit the the perspective i'm just curious do you think there is a relation between uh, the fact that nowadays more and more people are singles especially in cities. And the thing that you are just saying now about this counter-dependency, I mean, there is some kind of relationship why nowadays people get married later and later, get children later and later. The thing that uh, more and more people are afraid of being Attached, there's some connection with how the world is evolving somehow.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's very interesting to try and to connect these things, but I can only speculate. I, I I don't know much really. Why would this happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I tried to ask you because I, I really uh, I'm not sure if I can find an answer myself. Paulina, I have uh, one question
0: about how do you get out of this state of mind of codependence or counter dependent because it's very interesting to know you know why you, people or you or yourself have these behaviors but to me it's even more interesting to know how do you get out of it you know and uh, you say something about codependence you know people who has this fear to be abandoned and then and they keep on the relationship because of this and uh, you say that they need to be you know uh, console themselves find that the mother the father but Can you see something more about them, how they should think to get out of this codependence pattern? And the people on the other side who suffer this codependency, you know, they can't attach too much. What should they do? How should they think? Yeah, what is the starting point for that?
2: Firstly, it's really difficult to notice because if you behave this way, if you used to behave this way, the only way you can imagine a person can behave in this kind of situation, it's like if you ask her codependent mother why she's caring so much about what's going on with her. 40 years old kid, why she's so involved with his life. uh, She'll get angry, very likely. She'll say, uh, Okay, what else can I do? Can't you see that he has a problem? Can't you see that he needs to get better? He needs to change his life. So it's like something that's obvious for her that she needs to think about him constantly. She needs to be involved in his life constantly. And uh, it's a big step to notice uh, that maybe there is something about her in this pattern, That maybe she felt uh, that uh, she needed uh, to be saved once. Maybe she felt really vulnerable. Now she projects it into him. Now she revolves around him. And it's about the part of herself, very vulnerable. That's the part that is hurt and that carries the trauma. And uh, the thing about trauma, you can just feel it. You can just realize it. You can just. Comprehended the trauma, it works this way that. I was protecting us. We are not supposed to feel this again. We're not supposed to go into these feelings again. So we, we better act. We better act out. We better uh, go into some behavioral pattern instead of feel. We better be doing something. Be doing something about others. It's about codependence mechanism. And if we are counter-dependent, we're going to feel that we have to be this ideal version of ourselves we have to work more we have to be constantly busy and we really we are not aware over of, of our fear of intimacy we feel like we don't need it very much there are others they need it they need us they need to be closer they're suffocating us what's wrong with them
1: but are these uh, behaviors uh, something really part of ourself or is something that Comes out if we are into a specific relationship? Because I was wondering if I'm in a certain relationship, maybe this comes out. But if I'm in another relationship with another person, maybe this is not coming out. So it's really something inside ourselves that comes out in any case, or it's very important who we have in front of us?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. But it's not black and white. And I can agree with both statements, actually, that it is something that inside of us, and it, it's going to show itself in any kind of relationship. And at the same time, some relationship can be worse than others. So it's both true.
0: Okay, Paulina, I have the last two questions from my side. The first is, you uh, You made us this example of the mother has this sort of codependence for her child. So once she has the realization of this state of mind, what are the instruments, for example, that therapists can give her, you know, to understand that, uh, okay, my psyche is protecting me, but now I can do something different and it's not dangerous. It's not going to happen exactly the same thing. What can a psychologist can do for her or what she can do? What are the instruments that modern psychology developed to come out of this codependent state? And the same question for the counter you know, you talking about these guys or these girls, you know, they have, they are not aware of their own fear of intimacy. What are the instruments you can give them to move out of this bad circle?
2: It's just usually people really do hope to get some instruments, but I'm not sure it works this way. The first thing usually what psychologists can do and also support groups can do and a good self-help literature on the topic can do for these people. It can help stop blaming yourself for what's happening because usually when you do something that doesn't seem very rational to you and makes you suffer, you feel like you're not the brightest person. Also, you're harming yourself in some way, so you blame yourself. And when you realize that something wrong, then you blame yourself and you lose the energy that is needed to change. And, uh, and the second thing is not very easy because our psyche, it's growing, it's developing more like a plant, more like a flower, uh, but not like a building that we can construct from our bricks. So a person usually need, needs psychologists to make them more bricks, like give me something and I just take it and go. But the problem is that the psyche, at some point, it's not developed enough. It's not grown enough. It uh, didn't have a chance to grow to this mature state where you can be autonomic and you can love at the same time. So for some, it was premature separation that made them go into this premature autonomic state like counter-dependent people. It's like, yeah, I am I'm my own castle, I won't let anyone in because I'm too afraid. And uh, this person really needs dependency, needs to go through this pain of attachment. And there is no other way. There is no way than go through these feelings and uh, both codependent and counter-dependent will need a lot of support to go through it. A stable environment, empathy and understanding and support because it was hard enough to go through uh, the first place so it's almost impossible it feels impossible to go through it the second time it's like go through a trauma there is no way no other way to change actually
0: so self-awareness stop blaming yourself and then shock therapy i mean Put yourself in situations that you feel maybe they're the right ones, but make you very, very scared with a lot of support and empathy and understanding from your surroundings.
2: Uh, I'm sorry, but I will need to uh, change the third one. Yes, please do that. I think think it's very (laughs) important to, to not rush yourself. It's something you have to be ready to. Exactly. And not at any point put yourself in some difficult state. It's just it comes always if you are in therapy these kind of feelings they just come to you at their own time it's just how it works if you find this stable environment if you uh, find this caring figure it just they just rise and uh, all you have to do just be there and process it and use the help of your psychotherapist to process it. That's all. Because how you put it, Marco, you put it like counterdependent person would feel.
0: Yeah, it's more that uh, I'm a scientist, so I was trying to summarize in a very technical and rational way. Yeah, but I think it makes more sense uh, the way you're saying that, actually. And when you say these feelings will come to you at the right time, you, re- you mean... Uh, the right feelings, the feelings you're scared of, right? Yes. The
1: the feelings of love, the feelings you're defending.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Actually, I have one more comment. I don't think it's really a question, but I'm curious to know if Polina agrees with what I'm saying. So I believe that somehow all of us belong to this line that goes, I mean, to this spectrum between uh, codependency and counter-dependency, right? I mean, probably all of us have some kind of small things in this uh, spectrum, right?
2: Yeah, and we're supposed to have them. Of course, in our mature loving relationship, we have to be codependent a little and we have to be counter-dependent a little and to live their our own lives and be able to say no. So, of course, yes, it's a spectrum.
0: And then when you mentioned, you know, these uh, mothers that uh, don't realize uh, what they're doing with the child, you know, because themselves, they are lost in some... Yeah, they have to follow the same... Uh process but first of all they they must want it right
2: i feel like you have doubts then <laughs> they they will want it
0: you you just gave us the example of uh, the mother you know focus on their child and then you ask them why you're focusing on this child he, you know he's 40 years old and then they get angry you know because they don't see their own, their problem and so i was asking how do they get out of it
2: we can imagine that this conversation takes place in during her first year of therapy and then during her third year or fourth year of therapy. It can look completely different for her and it can be a completely different conversation. It's like many situations will occur where we together, we can observe uh, what's going on with her. We can observe the, this vulnerable part of her. For example, after or before this therapist Vacation, the period of time where uh, the therapist is not with her, uh, she can get very anxious, she can start to write many messages to her therapist and uh, after she can get resistant or angry and she doesn't really aware why. And we can observe this, we can discard this and this therapist uh, can help to connect facts, some things, some situations. For example, it can and show us the way to her early trauma. Because very often uh, we will find uh, something about abandonment. This unsatisfaction relationship with the mother and she can be someone who had to adapt to be by uh, herself very, very early. And then she, uh, she can take this intervention. She can take some her therapist words in, this words about maybe how you perceive your son so vulnerable, so in need of being saved. Maybe there is something about yourself in this perception, maybe something like that happened to you and we already know a lot and her psyche already processed a lot and uh, she's ready she's ready to connect these things so usually it's a very slow process it's a very slow pace of change but it can be very rewarding can be finding the feeling of self-worth so usually at the end of therapy you are much much more sad and also much more free
0: why, why you're sadder at, at the end of the because you lose a part of you, It's like a dying and rebirth?
2: Uh, you do lose, but you don't lose a part of you. You lose a defense. You lose a feeling of grandiosity, you lose a feeling of omnipotence. These are very early defense mechanisms we use to deal with the trauma. And they are normal at a certain age, at a very early age. Our little babies are omnipotent and grandiose. We're supposed to be like that. But then we're supposed to go through a loss of it, a loss of our omnipotence, a loss of our omnipotent mother who can do everything for us, who's supposed to do, who must do everything for us who must to be in our service. And uh, that's what we're going to lose in therapy because we weren't able to lose it in our childhood. We didn't have a right environment to go through these natural losses. We didn't have enough support to go through it because the growth of psyche, the growth of the process of becoming an adult, it is a process of loss and grieving. It's like one loss after other, the loss of hope to be both genders at the same time. You realize that you have just one and then you have to realize that your mother can do everything for you. And it's also a loss. Yeah.
0: It reminds me the the journey of the hero of Joseph, Joseph Campbell, the death and but the rebirth of yourself, you know, more self worth a self-confident of yourself. So what is you know, you have all of these losses in becoming an adult. So what is the grandiosity of being adult?
2: There is no grandiosity of being an adult marker. It's a very <laughs> humble place to be.
0: I was trying to find some positive, uh, you know.
2: <laughs> it is positive. Yeah, it's it's very freeing. If you're Just if you're ordinary, if you're small, if you have limits, it's very freeing because you have your place in the world and you're... This ordinary person who can be really close to other ordinary person. So that makes you able to be together with someone in a real way. Because if you're grandiose, there is going to be someone inferior to complete you. It doesn't really lead us uh, to closeness, to an intimacy.
1: Is there an age in a psychology where people should be adults or I believe it's a range more or less? I mean, it's right after being teenager or it's later on
2: or there are many theories but the things we were talking about they happen before three or five years before we're three or five years old so the,
1: ah okay really really early
2: yeah there's huge losses there's huge changes they they happen very early
1: but not being an adult I don't I mean we can consider a, a no, five year old no, child of course not
2: but at the same time we are in need of very supportive environment very early we are in need to feel grandiose Years, very early, uh, omnipotent. Uh, we need to be our mother in service of ours. We need her to, to help us process many things. So And then we're going to be able to lose it if we had it. But in many cases, in, in the most, in the many cases, we didn't even have it. We didn't have this uh, love and these investments in us. So um, it's really hard to lose something you didn't have.
0: Well, Paulina, um, it was amazing. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> and it was, uh, Nana. No, no, it was uh, fantastic. It was grandiose. <laughs> I don't even know how to summarize that, you know, there are so many things and uh, I think this is the kind of episode to listen again at least three or four times just to let it sink in. So, well, Polina, thank you very much for participating in Supernova.
2: Thank you also from my side. Thank you very much for inviting me. I I had lots of fun talking to you. That's
0: great. And for the listeners, as usual, you're welcome to write us your remarks, comments and ideas. And also, if you think we should go more in depth in some of the topics we talked about with Polina, please write. Goodbye to everyone.